The sun is down and the stars are out. All aboard the sweetness train, everybody. It's the Lollygaggers Podcast. In this episode, Justin talks pirates, krypton, and magic. While Jeff discusses psychology, Hellboy, and rising sun. Both Lollygaggers break down Pacific Rim Uprising. And end the night with the Gentleman's Challenge. All right, welcome to episode number one of the Lollygaggers podcast, which is a show that's going to cover all sorts of geek topics from games to movies and comics to TV. My name is Jeff, and I tend to cover tabletop games, both board games and role-playing games, along with a variety of movies and video games and all sorts of stuff. My name is Justin, and uh, I cover a lot of stuff with comics, video games, and uh, that's pretty much it for me. I also love a lot of nerdy uh, TV shows. That's pretty much about it. Did you pronounce it Vidya? Yeah, that's how, that's how the kids are saying it these days. It's really funny because that's how I wrote it out in my notes. V-I-D-J-A. And that's that's what I say. What's wrong with us? We're adults. We shouldn't be doing this. We're old. It's, 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 the, it's the, uh, uh, the, the Alzheimer's slipping in. That's really early onset. My that's gosh. fine. That's what happens. We're not even close to 40 yet. <laughs> so, Justin, uh, what have you been doing this past week? Uh, so, let's see. In general... Uh, absolutely nothing is my first week back from uh, spring break uh, so I was trying my best not to be the worst geometry teacher ever uh, that we... how's that how's that working out uh, no I'm awful I'm pretty sure I'm bad uh, I'm ruining the generations for the future it's fine how will people be able to differentiate between the different types of triangles I don't know like it's so important to know what is isosceles and what is right you know what I mean let me, and these let me kids... ask you like, like an honest actual question like, okay do you think that we actually really use geometry? Like, this is you what... <laughs> into like a real field, like a mathematics field, engineering field. Do you really think people use geometry? This is what I argue with my kids. Okay, because I get asked this question all the time. Obviously, not. You're not going to. But like for me, it's like the critical thinking skills you learn, the outside the box thinking skills you learn. That's the stuff you're going to learn and use later in life. Obviously, you're not going to worry about isosceles or or parallel lines and garbage. You don't care about all that stuff. But later on, like the, the skills you're learning to figure out the puzzles, that's what, that's what really matters. Uh, but I am terrible at teaching mm-hmm. that, so I'm sure they're screwed. So how about you, man? Sure. What have you been doing lately? Uh, nothing. Uh, I, too, had just returned from uh, just spring break, and mm-hmm. I have been just dealing with all sorts of work stuff this past week. I've barely gotten able to play anything or watch anything recently. So it's kind of been a rough week. Maybe not the best week to start the podcast off on. Nah, it's nah, hard to generate some content. I don't think going to be okay. about, my, uh, about the variety of paperwork I have for Rhyme Renewal. But uh, uh, anyway, 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 let's get into this. Uh, so, Justin, what have you done this past week? What's legit? Some games, some movies. What have you done? Um, starting off with, uh, I played a little bit of a game called Sea of Thieves. It's a... Uh... Microsoft game you can really only get through Xbox Live and through Microsoft. Uh, yes, I, I have heard about this and followed this for a while now. Yeah, it's only it's only like available if you have Windows 10 if you have a computer. So like some people who hate Windows 10 now they can't play it. But you know, but basically it's like uh, it's a pirate ship game and like you and like three other buddies. It's max is four people. You and three other buddies can go around and uh, sail a pirate ship and uh, sail the seven seas and. It takes a little bit of teamwork to like raise the sails and drop the sails and do all the stuff it takes to run a boat and because you can't see stuff when you're steering, so it takes com- com- communication. You basically get these like bounties and maps, and you can either go kill skeleton zombies or 
and it's all like really cool stylized so it's like all cute and pixar-y and then um you could also go and uh like search treasure with maps and it's kind of ambiguous where stuff is you kind of like use the way the overall map looks or look out like a little tiny map and see where the stuff is at and then it's also like an open pvp world so like you can get in uh pirate ship battles and shoot cannons at each other and we did a couple of those the other day it was really fun so um, yeah i've been i've been following this for a little while because i was really interested in it i have this strange i, I kind of like the pirate theme but uh i've been reading that uh i mean there's not a whole lot to do is is, is that like kind of fair end is game it, uh, is questionable at the very least um i can say that uh what i what seems to be the thing right now is like you basically go get gold you can battle people for their for their booty, and uh, when you get that stuff, then you can go like upgrade your boat, and over time your boat gets really cool and you do different stuff. But like, there's not much of an end game right now. So the only thing I can say about it is, it's sixty bucks, but like the fun you have with your friends being on a pirate ship is worth it. But oh, if you're looking for awesome. like, yeah, 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 if you're looking for like in depth end game, you're probably not gonna get that. I'm sure yeah, over time there there's it. nothing more wholesome than uh, than being on a pirate ship with your friends. Friendship. That's what, nothing that's more wholesome than said. than sitting there and uh, speaking like a pirate and everyone telling you to shut up, stop speaking like a pirate. I don't know, what's well, the point? They're just not getting into the role. You just gotta get, it's an RPG yeah, element of it. Shit. All right. So how about you, man? What you been doing? Uh, so the past couple of weeks uh, in the kind of on and off board game group that I sometimes get together on like a Thursday or a Friday night. Uh, I've been playing a game called a rising sun, which is all the rage in the kind of board game universe. Right is that now. starring Christian Bale? <laughs> uh, no. Was it rising sun, Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery? What was the one with Christian Bale? And was like a that kid. Was, that was empire of the sun. Eh, same thing. Anyways, go ahead. It's, it's, no, they're t- two entirely different things. No, yeah, two, Wesley Snipes. Uh, Movies are nowhere close to one. They were both Batman. All right, go ahead. No, no. Uh, so anyway, Rising Sun. It's a it's a board game. It's a area control kind of negotiation board game, uh, published by Simon, which is one of the kind of the biggest companies right now that's in the industry. Uh, it's designed by a guy named Eric Lang, who's a really popular designer, and the art's done by Adrian Smith. You you might have I don't know you you know comics. Have you ever heard of a comic called The Chronicles of Hate? That, that's I have not. I'm looking right now though. Let me look. Yeah, you should definitely look into it because uh, Adrian Smith is, is a comic book artist and he's got this entire comic book series called Chronicles of Hate. But he did the art for this and the art's just gorgeous. Uh, so, the, so the game is basically like a three to five player game, but you can play to six if you've got a little expansion, which I do. Uh, and the whole point of the game is to kind of create or, or gain victory points through a variety of different tactics this could be like fighting over various territories on the board or uh, using combos of different cards and kind of winning battles that you might have at certain points in time in the game uh, it's a really interesting game because it requires people to actually negotiate and so at the very start of the game there's what's called a tea ceremony phase where everyone has to like kind of talk over what their expectations are for the round uh, and whether or not they want to ally with one another. Because if you're able to ally with a person, when, you, when that ally does actions later in the round, then you kind of get benefits from them. And so people would kind of, you know, they pair off in different ways. And then as as the game progressed, you, you kind of start pulling out these cards, you look at all these different, what they're called mandates, and you take these actions. And so if I'm looking, if, you know, if I have the, the deck in front of me of mandates, I could take a look through them, I draw four, and I have like a couple different options I could. Uh, Marshall, which allows me to kind of move some of my troops around on the board, 
or I can choose harvest, which allows me to gain resources specifically from territories that I control, um, or I can betray, which means I can break the alliance that I just that I just formed, and that also gives me some slight benefits. So over the course of a couple different seasons, uh, summer, spring, and uh, autumn, uh, you kind of do the same thing over and over again. You're just kind of rotating around, doing different actions, and then people kind of following following on those actions, sort of doing the same things you are. Uh, and then you get to the war phase at the end of each of these seasons. You go to these war phases where everybody who's in particular territories has to do this kind of secret kind of guessing game, push your luck type of thing, where we all kind of bid to take different actions behind a board and, and kind of see who pan, pans out. Um, the first time we played it, uh, the Fox Clan, which uh, is a clan that allows you to just randomly place uh, all sorts of units, like one unit in every single territory where you do not already have a unit. Uh, they kind of ran away with it. And then in the second game, which I won, I played the Turtle Clan. And they have these, like, they're, we have these things oh, called... that's the uh, best clan. Yeah, we have these things called Strongholds, right? So they're basically like your little buildings, and you can kind of summon um, summon troops from them. Well, there's the Turtle Clan, man, they, like, the freaking Strongholds are on the back of these giant turtles, and the turtles can move across the board. So that's... Oh, uh, my God. That's super exciting. So... Uh, I'm only two games in, but so far I absolutely love it. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's a game that's got so many different moving parts that kind of integrate in all sorts of different ways. It has gorgeous miniatures, these these massive. Yeah, crazy... I'm looking at them right now. They're pretty sweet looking. <laughs> yeah, some of them are gigantic. I feel like you could you you know they're probably like a weapon. Like you could pick one up and hit somebody with them. That's how how gigantic they are. Uh, but it's a game I highly recommend, especially if you're a person that is in a board game group uh, and you like dealing with uh, with area control. I do not recommend it for people who are brand new. It's like advanced risk. Uh, yeah, I think it's way better than risk too, because risk is because uh, risk is all, so much, there's so much randomness because of the dice rolling in, in risk. And I have many horrible memories of losing battles that I should have easily won, or winning battles that I should have easily lost just because the dice just went a certain way. But this one's far more deterministic. You have a lot of control over like which territories you actually win and went out on. So that's, that's just a little cool. preview of it. So uh, anything else? What else, what else have you been doing? Um, let's see here. Uh, I watched the pilot of Krypton on Sci-Fi. Oh my gosh. I have it recorded, but we haven't watched it yet. I asked my wife on <laughs> on Thursday. I'm like, hey, do you want to watch this uh, while, you know, you know, after dinner? And she's like, no. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So we didn't watch it. So what do you yeah, think? Yeah. Um, so first off, it's uh, created by David S. Squire and Damian Kindler. Stars a bunch of no-names. Uh, Cameron Kuf, uh, Georgia Kimbe Campbell, and uh, Elliot Cohen. <laughs> I have no idea who these people are. But <laughs> some, uh, of them, some of them are kind of like, I feel like I've seen this guy before. Because it's a... Yeah. It's a British-based TV show, so like they're all on BBC shows. So oh, okay. like, all right, right. On. Like uh, the main character Segel is supposed to be Superman's grandfather. His father's okay. played by the uh, constable from Sherlock. So like, it's like, like the, it. wait, like, which one? The which the, guy in Sherlock? The main like detective that they that works with them. The so, Lestrade. Like, I think that's yeah. Lestrade. So okay. he's he's in there. You also have um, the guy. You have Ian. I'm gonna ruin this. Ian McKinney, who was who was uh, Sir Barristan Selmy from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, I love that dude. He's like my favorite character. He played. Uh, he played basically Superman's great great grandfather. And so basically, the whole thing takes place on Krypton. 
like 200 years before Superman exists and he's doing his normal everyday thing in, in Metropolis. And it's basically about like where he comes from and his the Cal out the L house, and they're like trying to do like um, because all these houses you have the L house, you have the Zod house, and, and the Vex house, all these different houses. And it I takes... hear spoiler alert that Zod goes bad. Um, yeah, maybe this is also before yeah. that Zod sur- even existed. He's not even a twinkle in his dad's uh, nuts. Nope. Yet, so. Nope. Oh, you did it. Okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, basically, it's kind of like a mix between like Game of Thrones and like sci-fi adventure. And so basically, it's like his fa- his great grandfather, or so it's about Segel, which is uh, Superman's grandfather. His grandfather right. gets sentenced to death because he's been experimenting, trying to reach new worlds, and I guess it's against their religious beliefs. It takes place on Kandor. Kandor is a very popular thing in the comic books. If you ever see old like Superman stuff, you see like a, a or watch the old cartoon, you see like a city in a glass bubble. That's Kandor. Everyone was shrunk down, so that's like a little Easter egg thing. Kandor is a very popular city. Oh. Um, and uh, basically, there's a ton of little Easter eggs. And it's about how his grandfather basically shamed their name because they're not supposed to use sciences like that. So they lost their house title. They're now just like subservient street urchins now. They lost the, their like gusto in the city. And so now they're trying to work. Th- he's trying to work his, his honor back. And part of it is like, so the whole idea is, the idea is Brainiac is coming to destroy uh, Krypton, which is what he does. That's what Brainiac does. He destroys Krypton. But it's Brainiac from the future is coming to accelerate the process because if he does that, mm-hmm. if he does that, then Superman doesn't exist. Um, and can I? So I would be rooting for Brainiac. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, here's here's the uh, the turn of the show, which is going to make you say, "I don't want to watch this." Wait, I. Don't ruin it. I want to watch it, though. There's a Back to the Future element to it. Like the Michael J. Fox? Yes, there is a legit Back to the Future element to it. Do they have a DeLorean? Do they go 88 Uh, miles per hour? No, no, but there's an artifact from the past that they... When this artifact eventually dissolves, then they're out of time. Okay. So, yeah, so it's legitimately Back to the Future picture thing. Um, It's okay... I'm going to give it a season. And if it's garbage through... It's only 10 episodes, apparently. If it's garbage through 10 episodes, I'll stop watching it. There's like a, right. there's a lot of little things where I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Like, the special effects sometimes are fantastic. Right. Like, the 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 vision, what they're doing, of like the look of stuff, is pretty great for a sci-fi show. But then sometimes it's like, what is this? This is terrible. So it's like, sometimes it looks really, really great, and sometimes it looks really awful. And the storyline is very... Uh, shallow and very uh, much for wanting but over time I'm hoping that maybe it might be better but right now I'm just like I'll give it a shot it's 10 episodes how, how bad could it be right, right. so anyway so, so have you been doing anything else of, instead of watching Krypton uh, my wife and I watched the most recent episode of a show that we've been enjoying since January it's called uh, The Alienist it's on TNT it's this hour long drama I think it's based off a book by Caleb Carr, I believe. Uh, it's got like Dakota Fanning in it, and this guy named Daniel Brill, who, who you'll recognize from the wonderfully underrated uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, he was the German mm, guy. Mm, okay. uh, 
Uh, so this is like an you mean end of the... that's a that's that's not he's not from Corporate Paradox. He's uh, he's the villain from Civil War. He's he's Baron. He's Zemo. All right, get it right, man. Come on. You're losing me. You're losing me right Sorry, now. Okay. Anyway, so this is set in the the late 19th century, sort of closing in on the early 20th century, uh, and it's a sh- it's a show about like the advent or sort of the movements towards using forensic psychology and criminal investigations. And so the, the lead guy, Daniel Brill guy, he, uh, he stars as, I can't remember his name. I think it's Dr. Sch, uh, Dr. Schweitzer or something. I can't, no, I don't think that's right. He has a name. It sounds German, but they mumble it a lot. It's really not important. You kind of yeah, recognize yeah, him by okay. his face. I'm more of a face guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> So there's this killer running around in New York and he's killing young boys uh, and doing awful things to them as as one does in these types of shows. And so the, it's an upbeat show is what you're saying. It's yeah, it's very it's very uplifting. Um, so the New York Police Department isn't quite handling the investigation well. Uh, they don't see this as sort of a connected serial killer type thing. And when they do, it almost seems like they're kind of hiding or covering up for somebody who's upper class and rich. And so in an effort to circumvent that problem, uh, Daniel Brühl, Dakota Fanning, and Luke Evans, who's another one of the, the actors in it, they kind of formed this little ragtag team of like Scooby-Doo agents, just not nearly as funny. And uh, they, they start investigating on their own. And it's so far, I think we've got nine episodes. I think the season finale is next week. And we still don't know who the actual killer is, meaning we haven't ever seen his face. We certainly have heard about the killer over and over again. They've been investigating getting this person over and over again. Uh, so entirely how it's going to pan out in the end, I don't know. But uh, I'll say this. It's a show that gets very obsessed with showing how cool late, 18th cent- or late 19th century New York looks. Uh, also, it's a show that seems to be interested in in some element of like demonstrating how psychology or like forensic psychology was very difficult to to become accepted in the investigative field and whatnot but uh i mean we're nine episodes in and i'm still in it i don't think it's like my favorite show and since it's you know but my wife seems to really like it i like it well enough uh, i am kind of curious how it's going to pan out because we already kind of know who did it so it's really just what is the ramifications or the consequences of finding out who did it uh, so, but I do, I do tepidly, tepidly, that's, that doesn't sound like a very warm, uh, recommendation here, but I do kind of recommend it. Uh, it's a good show. It's 10 episodes long. I'm really curious if they're going to do a second season of this, or if this is just going to be one of those one-offs. I'm always kind of curious if they're going to try to extend like the, the storyline and make it like some kind of procedural. I mean, I'll say this, it's not like there's a, cr- a crime of the week. They've been focusing on the same uh, like two or three sets of crimes over the course of the season. And I tend to prefer shows that do that as opposed to like the constant neat packaging like a CSI does or a Law & Order does. Uh, so pretty, pretty yeah, good. It's one yeah. of those things where it's like a lot of times these shows, they like come up with a really good idea and good concept. But then once that first season's over, sometimes I feel like they don't know like what they're supposed to do next. So they're like, okay, right. we, we caught the guy. But what now? And <laughs> sometimes that's yeah. when the show's fall off at times you know so hopefully it'll be decent it sounds good yeah uh, it's, not bad. It's, it's not bad definitely take a look at it so any other uh any other quick news items or things that you've been looking at um you know how i'm an avid uh giant magic nerd i play magic the gathering because uh, i'm 12 years sure. old play magic the gathering eat oreos and read comic books so i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm 12 years old still <laughs> right, right but uh right. 
I've kind of stopped playing it for a while because the recent standard form of it's pretty garbage. And uh, I've been kind of done with it. And it's really hard playing physical games around here. First off, the people that play the games are just awful. They're, I, I just don't... They're either like just... they're bad at it or they're just like both. mean and they're both. hurting your feelings. It's both. Like sometimes they're just... Uh, I try my best to be as cleanly as possible. They don't always... Um, and also, uh, uh, they fall in that stereotype. Yeah, that yeah sucks. they do. Uh, and, and sometimes they're a little bit rude cause they're not as socially, uh, inept as others. And, uh, like yourself, you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a terrible social person. butterfly. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and also like the challenge around here isn't very high. Like I'm pretty decent in this area and that's really not saying much, but, uh, apparently they're coming out with like a hearthstone version of the game. And it's called Magic Arena, because Hearthstone's very popular, and they're trying to create a direct competitor to it. And basically, the the closed beta was done last week, and they had an NDA on it. So anyone who got involved with it wasn't allowed to talk about it at all. I had a friend who got in it, and once he, the minute he got out, the, like the the second that the NDA closed, uh, he talked to me about it. And it's, it's pretty solid. There's going to be like a competitive aspect to it. Where you can get involved competitively in a, in a pro circuit, and then make sure you can like uh, translate to like you know doing physical stuff. So like if you win in this, you can show up in this place and play there. Um, I like playing Magic. I like playing those types of games of next level thinking and strategy. Uh, I've always enjoyed this. I've played other games like Pokemon and Warcraft and those and, and uh, Hearthstone, but I've always been driven more towards this. But um, it's promising that I can play it in a more affordable way, because uh, like if you want to go somewhere with any type of like skill, you gotta go drive. I have to drive like an hour away, and then they're not done by till like twelve or one, and so I'm not getting home till like two, and it sucks. And I just want to play and beat up on fools, but it's tough to do that with, sure. with the situations in right now. So yeah, it looks pretty promising. Cool. But, uh, how about you? Anything else for you? Uh, I guess one really quick thing, uh, you, you know about Kickstarter, and I have a little bit of... Uh, Do you own stock in Kickstarter? Cause it sure no, feels I, like I it. really, really wish I, I did, because that would justify uh, what I do often. But next month, so I'm not going to talk about it too much now, because I'll probably talk about it next month. But next month, uh, Mantic Games, who is a, it's a board game kind of interest company, they, uh, they got the rights to Hellboy, and they're going to be doing a Hellboy board game. I know right now there's a there's a Batman board game up on Kickstarter uh, that I've been waffling about, but uh, this Hellboy one's coming out on Kickstarter next month, and this is going to be a fully cooperative game, uh, so that's going to make it far easier for me to potentially back uh, than that Batman game, which is a one versus all. Uh, so anyway, you should definitely check it out. Uh, it's not up on Kickstarter yet, but when it does come up on Kickstarter, I will let you know because I am a fairly big fan of Hellboy. He's one of the other... Uh, other superhero that's that's probably the wrong word for him but uh that i i really enjoy but we'll i just see. think you enjoy the hp lovecraft look of him i do i do i very much like it it's all kind of steampunky and whatnot all right man uh enough of that enough of what we've been doing let's uh i guess let's head over to uh our breakdown for the week that right, sounds good it's the movie Breakdown. 
All right. So the breakdown for this week is Pacific Rim Uprising. It's a 2018 sequel to Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim, which came out a few years ago. Uh, this one, unfortunately, does not have Del Toro at the at the helm. Instead, it's Stephen DeKnight, and it's but it stars John Boyega from uh, the, the reboot, or I guess the the reimplementation of Star Wars. Uh, he is Jake Pentecost, who is the son of Stacker Pentecost, who is Idris Elba's character from the first movie. Uh, and so this one takes place about ten years after the events of the initial film. Uh, at this point, the world has kind of rebuilt from all of the destruction that was caused by the invasion of the Kaiju. Uh, and so now, like, the world's kind of secure, but at the same time, you still have the Jaegers wandering around, these, those giant robots that were built to combat the Kaiju. Now, Jake is kind of like a vagrant or a scavenger somewhat. He, he doesn't really want to get back to civilized society, and instead he kind of works on the outskirts a bit. Uh, he seems to be kind of overshadowed a bit by the legacy of his father or maybe kind of the memories of him uh, and so he at one point gets caught up with another character by the name of Amara who is a, a teenage scavenger and kind of an engineer in her own right she built she actually built one of her own small little uh little Jaegers herself uh, her family like she also is like got a troubled past with you know some some tragedy back there the two of them get rope you know get kind of wrapped up in each other's orbits and eventually they join the Pan Pacific Defense Corp uh, which is where Jaeger pilots go for training. Um, so she joins kind of like a military school while he goes back there to kind of help with training. Uh, now, without spoiling it, I mean, that's all All that happens relatively quickly within the first 10, 15 minutes. They start to face kind of a, a threat. And on the one hand, there's kind of this movement to move away from uh, piloted Jaegers and towards like drone controlled. And then there's also this apparently a rogue Jaeger that's wandering around doing things for God knows what. Uh, and so the two of them, Jake and Amara, tend to tend to have to come together and kind of get over their crap so that they can save the world once more. So that's Pacific Rim Uprising. We will do our best uh, to keep it relatively spoiler-free. We won't give away any of the big turns or twists that happen, uh, but there will be some spoilers, so keep that in mind as you listen. So Justin, what'd you think, man? It was okay. Uh, I went on a Friday night with my godson, who's 10 years old, um, even though it's PG-13, but I was like, it's just robots beating up monsters. That's okay. You're over 18. You're you're yeah. a parent or legal guardian. We right? stayed within the uh, proper uh, regulations. But um, sure, 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 sure. I thought it was fine. Like, I I wasn't going in to watch Schindler's List. All right, I <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> Wait, I wasn't there for a thinker. All right, it's like the dumbest comparison I can think of. Keep going. So, but it's not the same thing. Is what I'm saying. I'm not going for that. I'm going for I want to see robots beat up okay. on big monsters, and that's what I wanted. And I was like, let's just wait, watch wait, things wait, wait, beat wait, the hell out of each other. There weren't robots, like really big robots in Schindler's List. It's that, been a while. I, I think it's been a while. something about the Jews and robots is probably lining up right from now. I don't know, oh, but uh. <laughs> But, wow. Uh, and there goes our podcast. <laughs> but, uh, like, the only thing I can say about it, like, I'm not, I don't think I'm sold on John Boyega. Like, I, I don't know if he's... A, a, a like, actor. as a person? Like, what, what was As an actor, like, I get where he's coming from. He's, like, from, he's, like, uh, he's from Attack the Block, like, really small beginnings. And it's really cool what he's doing, but I don't really like him as a lead too much. Uh, wow. He's He's fine in the movie, but, like... They try. 
they try to do a lot of like jokes that they're fine, but like nothing really hits for me. Like it's just yeah, an is average that, is that movie. Fault though? Is that is that? I don't think any of that. Oh, it's the writing's fault. I. But here's the thing. To me, it's like a better Transformers. Okay, and uh, the the few things that I'd say is the problem with the movie, other than general plot holes that make no damn sense, uh, is. Every time there's a quasi-serious moment, they, they're doing what the Guardians of the Galaxy do, which is one of the detriments to Guardians of the Galaxy, is anytime there's a quasi-serious moment, they undercut it with a joke, like, immediately. And they don't even give that moment yeah. a second to breathe. And Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. does that, but I enjoy that writing more. <laughs> That's the only difference. Sure. Um, and Well... I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, like, even... You take out some of those jokes... And and we have to instead of instead of listening to those jokes, we have to now like ruminate on the seriousness Just of the moment. Trudge through the like, sorry, sadness man. factory. Like, that that movie, like you, you want me to really start to contemplate the underlying themes and metaphors that are being explored within this film? Like, nah, I'd rather take the stupid joke uh, as opposed to something. Yeah, like I guess that. so. And like. My only complaint about the movie is there's about a 45 minute time span where nothing happens and it's really boring. Um, like <laughs> there's, the, there's the initial first action scene, which was interesting, and I thought it was really well done. Um, but still, it's not super action; it's mostly just a chase scene. And then it's like a 45 minute break, and I get for character development, but I'm not coming to this movie to watch character development. All right, that's not sure. what I'm here for. I so hear Pentecost is a cool name, though. So yeah, it is pretty cool. That. And I do like how all I the Jaegers... I didn't even remember if they even mentioned him having a son in the first one. I'm like, oh, he's got a son. I don't I'm think like, they did. Good for you. But I do think it's funny. The only person willing to come back to shoot the next movie was Charlie Day and the Asian chick is pretty much it. Asian um, chick, that's that's great. That's whatever, great. His, whatever his adoptive daughter was. But, like, my main complaint is a 45-minute break uh, of nothing for character development... And then, then the action came. One thing I did appreciate, though, one of our main complaints when we first saw Pacific Rim, when, when we first saw it, we talked about it, they did not hesitate to pull out the sword, right? Because right. when we watched the first one, you're like, why the hell are they pulling out the sword? I know. Thing? I never understood that. Like, you had this awesome sword. But, like, you guys want like, swords? Oh, Here it is. Like, right away, they did it. But, like, the, the storyline, eh, eh. But the action was good. I appreciated the action. I thought it was fun. Um, I did hear about, like, two years ago, I heard that they were talking about doing a Pacific Rim sequel, and what Guillermo del Toro's vision was for it, and it's pretty much exactly what happened in this movie. And so I was spoiled by an old news report about what was going to happen. So when things were going down, when 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 the, the plot was going through, I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what I was years ago when I heard the little news story about it. But, like... You can just tell it's just a more stylized version of Gamma del Toro's world. I'm a huge fan of his. Like I love mm-hmm. everything that man makes. The, the the visuals he creates, the very uh we were talking before, like with Hellboy, the very uh Cthulhu esque stuff that he does, HP Lovecraft look, I think it's fantastic. Pan's Labyrinth is one of my favorite movies of all time. Stuff like that is great. I still have to see Shape of Water, I haven't seen it yet, but like this is just a much more for the masses version of Kimmel del Toro stuff. I mean, that, that, that's just my opinion. What'd you think? I thought it was terrible. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, woo. It was like an hour and a half, but man, <laughs> man, did that time go by slow. Like, whoo. Like what? 
<laughs> I went with my wife and uh, we, when we walked out of the movie, we just sort of like looked at one another and it was one of those like, what the hell did we come to? <laughs> like, I'm really glad you guys spent was, $15. That was like, oh my God, I thought that movie was terrible. Look, I granted, I realize it's probably not a movie that's made for me and maybe I'm just being snob, but I thought it was just dumb. Like, like Sometimes two, you gotta watch dumb stuff. And I'm all for that. But I mean, there are things that just don't make sense. Like at the very end, right? There's two characters. I'm not going to say what exactly happens. But at the very end, there's two characters that start doing something kind of funny. It's like, oh, hey, look at that. Isn't that kind of wholesome and funny? And it's just like, you guys do realize there's a third character. And they just decided to just completely, like, is she not there anymore? Like, like where'd she go? <laughs> then it's like, one of the major problems that the entire movie faces is like, oh, we can't get the, we can't get these things there in time. Like, oh, oh, okay, well, then we need to do this, this new experiment thing. And it's just like, oh, but like three seconds later, we can have a brand new character that wasn't, you know, wasn't anywhere close to that location to begin with. And suddenly they're there, like almost magically. So there are so many things that just completely disconnect, they're like utterly, utterly disconnected from it making sense. Listen, like to me, it felt. This is, this is not supposed to be right, an art piece. It doesn't have to be an art robots piece, man. Like, beat up monsters. I don't care. Like if you and I said to I said to my wife, I said, Melissa, listen, listen, listen. If somebody wanted to make like a 30-minute like video posted on YouTube and it's just like a robot and a duel with a big old lizard that spews I like watch that so much. Stuff, I would watch that like crazy. But when you start to make like story out of it and you're trying to make me care for characters and whatnot, like then I feel like it's incumbent upon you to kind of do a decent job. And I thought like I thought it was really bad. Like I actually thought Boyega was probably okay, and I thought the uh, I thought Amara, the other character, I think it's, it's actress's name is like Kaylee Spaney or Spanny, something like that. I thought like they were fine, but at the same time, like there were moments where it was like military school stuff, where like she was in military school. Like every time that that happened, where I saw these other cadets, like it was honestly the dumbest stuff. It was it's just like, like they were the, trying to throw three storylines in, you know, like, like it was just so uninteresting. It was so uninteresting, so generic. Like there was no development done whatsoever. And I don't know, like I, I was pretty uh, amazed at how bad it was. Like I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes and Rotten Tomatoes had it at like 45% or something like that. How the hell did it get the 45%? Like who, that's almost half. That's like almost uh, half the people. Uh, Justice League had like seventeen percent, so it is twice yeah. the the the, uh, the popularity of Justice League. So think about that. And it was also like, a quarter of the budget. And like one of the cool things that they talked about, like, and I'll say this: one of the one of the things I liked about it was that they raised the notion, like, you ha you've never really fully beat your enemy until you understand what their objective was, which is a quote that gets thrown around tw two or three times in the movie. And that's a really good quote. And then their great. objective is the most and like their objective is the thing. dumbest thing. It's like what? Like that was their objective? Oh, okay. No one picked up on this, huh? No one. No one put that together. Okay. Uh, sure. Sure. That Wait a minute. Okay. Who's got a ruler? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you got a ruler? Just Who's got a pencil? Wait a minute. I know. Uh. I, yeah, I was pretty amazed by it. Like that whole 45 minute sequence you were talking about where nothing happens. It's like, we know exactly what's going to happen, right? Like when you, when, when Boyega finally gets into, uh, like into the actual defense course, he's sort of there. He meets with his, you know, his sister, his adopted sister, Mako or Mako. I can't remember how to pronounce it, but meets with her and she's like, Hey, I'm important now. Like I have, like, I'm, I'm on this really big, uh, like council and we have this vote going down, you know, it's just like, 
that whole 45 minutes, like a buildup or whatever it was, like everything that transpired was the most predictable stuff that yeah, could like, possibly happen. You, yet I still <laughs> had to sit there for 45 minutes waiting wait for, for it, it to happen in the most uninteresting way possible. It's like, like hey, I bet you can guess 100% what's about to happen. And when you do, you're going to be right. Because <laughs> it's the most yeah. unoriginal things that happen, you know. And, and then like, the other thing is like Charlie Day is in it, and Charlie Day is hilarious. And I love you know Always Sunny, and I, yeah, I, Charlie Day was great in the first one, and like he's not in it nearly enough, and, and you know and that's a shame. And like the first one had like a, that nice little buddy thing going on, the buddy comedy between uh, yeah, yeah, between yeah. Herman and Newton, the two characters, two doctors, and like they're completely apart from one another, and they get like one or two scenes with one another, and they're barely very funny at all, and it's just. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you take two characters that were amazing together and suddenly not put them together and then want stuff to happen? I mean, still Charlie Day's stuff I thought was kind of the most redeeming elements of the movie, but yeah, it was just bad. And I felt like so strange, like what, like all this talk about like this, this you know, Pentecost of Idris Elba's character, and it's just like you guys, you guys realize that like in the, I mean, I love Idris Elba, like amazing great guy like what happened to the other guy like the guy in the from first sons film? of anarchy yeah where's charlie hunnam's character why is he not getting any love here like i know he didn't die or anything but like he did some stuff too and i don't know it just felt like a like everything was it was sort of revisionist history and i always get frustrated when sequels revise the experience that we had in the previous movie and that that's i don't don't overwrite it like that was the that was the thing and maybe you couldn't get the actors back and that's fine i understand that but i don't know there's better ways to do it and then it just seems, yeah, none of it made sense. There the was that one character. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. You go ahead. No, you the go ahead. The only complaint that I have is I am tired of Clint Eastwood's son. <laughs> just, it seems like Hollywood's really trying to jam in? him down our throats. He's been in like six movies in the past year, one of them being Suicide Squad, where he was a very small part of it. But he's so. Right uncharming and charismatic he's basically just hey look at this guy's eyes doesn't look like his dad that's pretty yeah. much it like it, he doesn't bring any type of like flavor to anything he does he's just a handsome guy he's a model turned actor that's all he is yeah. and it's like i get it you got really brooding eyes it's fantastic but other than that yeah. like his character nothing. was just yeah like Throw whatever away. like yeah it's just that's what it was i know i was supposed to be friends with uh, like you know jake pentecost but like whatever uh, then there's that one character and i feel so bad for her because she was she was there for nothing it was uh the female one the character i can't remember her name now because i i don't even oh, think like they, the ever, they might have mentioned it thing? like the quote love triangle yeah. which was the most underdeveloped thing ever like i don't even remember her name like that's yeah, how terrible I, it was and like, like what was the point of her she would show up with the entire like the, her only point on uh, being in the and, you know, in that scene is to sort of potentially kind of vaguely flirt with one of them. And I'm like, what kind of freaking storyline is that? That's that's ridiculous. That's so, I don't know. That's so reductive. And it was really sad to see. And it's I, like I, if I, Michael I, Bay re-edited a Guillermo, a Guillermo del Toro movie. Guillermo del, Guillermo del Toro movie. It's like he's yeah, like, here, let go. me let me take this from you and let's let's fix it. And it's basically like what, yeah. what it felt like. But... I don't know. I, I know. Like, would you I recommend felt that it? There was more character development in some of the Transformers movies. I don't know about that. There's a robot no, there outside. Was, there's no. There, there's nothing here. Watch out! This robot cast trying to get us. Like the first one, <laughs> like the first Transformers and the second Transformers. I felt oh yeah, 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 better than this. Like I haven't watched one since since like Mark Wahlberg. The first one was okay. So what did I think of it? What I recommended? Would you recommend okay, it? This is what I would suggest. Here's my plan, because. What you need to do 
is first wait for this movie to come out on whatever streaming service you're already paying for so that you're not doling out any money any money specifically for yeah, it. Don't spend so extra money. That's step one. Uh, step two, find your remote control that you use for your TV or if you're if you're you if you're gonna watch on like uh-huh. your phone uh-huh. or if you're gonna I watch see. a tablet, mm-hmm. look for the volume button okay. or look for Press that one so that you don't have to listen to any of these characters talk. Oh, because if you do that and you just you know know do that you unmute talking, for the fight scenes is that all you exactly. do exactly? Okay. But then at the same time you still have to sort of drift off because occasionally they say things during the fight sequences and when they do I just wish they wouldn't. I would be like, why are you talking? You're ruining about? it. Stop. Just, just stop. Like I have I have other complaints I want to make, but like I would have to spoil some stuff, yeah. especially in <laughs> regards the to like, part. Scott Eastwood's. Like decision making. I thought his name was Frank Eastwood. I'm just just keep coming up with different names for him. I thought his name was his name was Marv Eastwood. It's Eastwood Junior. Would you recommend this? Would you recommend? Uh, I'd recommend go see it with your ten year old godson because he loved it. Uh, And that and that's I said at the very beginning. I prefaced this. I don't think this is being made for me. It seems to be being made for a far younger crowd. Yeah, maybe somebody less discerning. I will say though that there were people in the audience that really were laughing at some of the jokes, and I was just like, I didn't laugh once. I laughed a couple. I chuckled here. Here's what happens when we go see a movie. My wife she'll sit next to me, and she whenever a joke happens and she laughs or whatever, she'll look over at me and just see if I'm laughing. And if I don't laugh, she's like. You're purposely trying to hate this movie. I'm like, no, this wasn't funny. Yeah, she knows you pretty well, I think. Yeah, pretty much it. All right, so, I mean, not really a strong recommendation from us. Kind of wait to see it and and go in with Netflix or HBO Go. Wait for that. Yeah. All right, man. So that's it for this week's breakdown of Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, Hopefully you like it better than we do. And if there's a Pacific Rim 3, can we get Guillermo del Toro back and maybe people who can act? Uh, And actually, and maybe also people who can, you know, write conversations. I would also accept the rest of the... Oh, also, also maybe maybe editors that can look for continuity problems. uh, (laughs) That would be nice. Uh, So that would be cool. I mean, I figure he just won an award del toro so maybe maybe he's good at what he does poor guy's got his name on that now all right all right man uh i think it's time to head over to this week's uh, special segment of the week now it's time for a little role play wait nope nope that's the wrong role play all right so for my first role play corner here I want to talk about Starfinder. Now, Starfinder is a D20 role-playing system that's put out by Paizo. came out last year, 2017. Uh, it's built off of the Pathfinder system. I'm not as familiar with the Pathfinder system. I know that uh, in years, it was sort of a reaction to D&D in some way, and then they kind of branched off in their own separate directions at that point. Uh, but Starfinder is a little bit different than Pathfinder, because Pathfinder is more traditional fantasy type. Uh, elves, dwarves, you know, humans, gnomes, etc. Whereas Starfinder is an RPG that's set like in the future. It's an like alternate universe type future type thing. So it's more of a sci-fi type setting, even though you can probably run it a little bit like Cyberpunk too, if you like. Um, so I have a role-playing group that meets every week. We meet on Tuesdays, play for about five hours or so. Uh, each one of those, each one of those nights, I am the GM of that group. Uh, and so I tend to be the one who kind of organizes a lot of the storylines and things like that, and then you know paint the miniatures, set up various uh, various battle 
battlefields and whatnot. Uh, but we had been playing a D&D 5th edition campaign for a year and a half. It was the first full-length campaign that we'd ever played. We had dabbled a little bit in some role-playing prior to that, some Cypher System stuff, The Strange, some one-shot type things like End of the World RPG. Uh, but we decided, hell with it, we're going to do a D&D campaign. And so we did the D&D 5th edition for about a year and a half. And by the end of that, we kinda, I, I kind of wanted to tell a different, you know, a different, different story because I was also GM of that, uh, that campaign. So I wanted to tell something that was a little bit more sci-fi. So I had this idea for a sci-fi, um, for a sci-fi story, and Starfinder was coming out, and I had heard about it, and it looked pretty cool, and we're like, hell with it, let's do it. Um, now the system is a little bit more complicated than D and D Fifth Edition. So if you know anything about D and D Fifth Edition, you know that it's a fairly streamlined system. Uh, usually, like one of the major mechanics is the advantage-disadvantage system, where like instead of having all sorts of uh, floating um, bonuses and, and, and negatives, like I get plus two to this role or plus four to that role or plus six to this role from like four or five different places, you instead simply get advantage or disadvantage, which means you roll a die twice and you take the higher. Disadvantage, you roll a die twice, you take the lower. So it's really simple. Uh, Starfinder does not have that, but instead kind of has a more kind of old school approach, even though it's in, in its own right, it's streamlined in some ways. Uh, it has a variety of uh, alien races, so brand new, unique races to this particular this particular setting, but it also has like the traditional elves and dwarves and whatnot that you can also play. Now, the basic setting is that Golarian, which is kind of like an Earth um, Earth substitute, a proxy for what Earth is, as a planet, has completely disappeared. And then there is a couple hundred year gap in everyone's memory. So it's like a collective loss of memory and people don't know what the hell happened during this particular point in time. Uh, and so it's like that's part of the central mysteries to the setting, uh, but also a AI uh, kind of ascended to godhood and, and part of doing so created this drift system that allows people to essentially travel at vast, faster than light speeds to different parts of the galaxy. So it's like their version of, you know, the warp system in Star Trek The Next Generation or like the gate system in Stargate or something like that. And so we have been playing a campaign now. We've had 15 sessions so far. Um, and... I set up the campaign as them all being part of like the same crew because part of Starfinder is that you can actually have your own ship, you can participate in in actual space combat. And so everyone's kind of part of the same crew. We have a captain, we have a weapons officer, we have an engineer, so there's there's some debate over who's the best at that, pilot, and so on. And so they all work for a company that I've been calling Drift Runners Unlimited, and they work for a man called Gantu Praboa. And uh, what he what he basically is <laughs> Yeah, like we have a friend named Gabe, uh, and so I essentially made an NPC to be like our friend Gabe because uh, I wanted them to actually like the character and work for the character and care about what that character actually has to say. And so periodically he sends them on missions. Uh, I started the campaign off, uh, so just to give you a little idea of the story uh, before I end this little session, next time I do this I'll tell you a little, a little bit more about our campaign. Uh, but I I started with a a ship in, the, in that, his little mini fleet of kind of mercenary plucky do-gooders one of his ships has gone missing and so now it's the crew of the campaign that i'm running they're called the dareva that's the name of their ship uh they have now been tasked with sort of figuring out what the hell happened to this ship and over the course of that investigation they've done kind of a variety of different odd jobs here and there and so one of my goals in this little mini camp this little mini session this little solo session i'm going to do this role play corner here uh, i'm going to tell you a little bit about what we've done kind of the story uh, and I'm also going to talk about 
just the various ways to maybe get into doing some role playing or things to look out for, or just kind of anything role playing oriented. And a lot of my anxieties when it comes to, to first getting into GMing, and, and now that I've been doing it for almost two years now, how much how much easier I've started to find it. Uh, so that's a little preview of what's in store for about every other week or so. I'll probably hop on and do one of these in between when Justin's doing his own little solo episode. So we'll talk more about tabletop RPGs, Starfinder, and kind of how to get into role-playing here and there throughout the podcast. Uh, but that is our role-play session. That's nice. That's good. Yeah. Well, I guess, you, right. uh, I guess you know what time it is now. Right. Uh, no, I don't. Um, oh. I mean, like, uh, it's 4.40 for me. Oh, well, so. uh, I was talking about... In the morning. <laughs> more of a, it's time for... And now, it's time for the Gentleman's Challenge. All right, so as part of our little podcast here, we're going to do a segment called the Gentleman's Challenge. And... The point of this is for each one of us to give the other something to do between podcasts that they then have to report back on in a future episode and to ensure that they have done what we have asked them to do, I'm doing fun things with pronouns here, we're also going to quiz them a bit uh, about what that transpired. Now, some of these things that we ask each other to do might be kind of fun, but more often than not, we're probably going to be asking each other to do things that they more than likely would not have done if not if not challenged to do so. So uh, Justin's going to start us off this week. Justin, uh, what were you challenged to do? Uh, this week you challenged me to play a game called The Polar Station. Uh, well, that's, uh, the, that's the subtitle. That's the yeah, subtitle. it's called Exit the Game. Uh, the Polar Station is uh, made by Cosmos Games right. and uh, created by Inca and Marcus Brand, which I did find out later that they're very German. Um, Very, there's degrees. They're, ex, they're extra German. Okay, and I wonder so, where David Brule from the Alienist is. He's got to be like probably, three quarters. Yeah, he's got to be there. Uh, but basically, the the way the game works is you have a decipher disc that helps you try and identify what the code's supposed to be, and basically you have riddle cards, you have answer cards, and you have a booklet. And in this booklet, there's a whole bunch of clues. You can read the booklet anytime you want, any pages you want. And the whole idea is to escape from the particular situation. The situation that was given on this one right. is much like the thing. You're on a polar yeah. station and uh, they unearthed an alien type creature. You're trying to get out before you die. And that's basically what it is. It's not timed. Basically, it's a, it's a one-shot deal. You pay 15 bucks, and it's a one-shot game. Uh, you can't play it multiple times. There's reasons why. Uh, we right. found out during the playing yes, game yes, yes, why exactly. it's a one-shot. Uh, <laughs> but basically, um, the objective is to escape, and in the back of the booklet, there's like, well, you did it in this amount of time. And I guess you can kind of like post them online and compare times with other people and stuff like that. So it's exactly. really it's a really interesting little concept I didn't know existed. Yep. Um, so uh, overall thoughts of this, this was awesome. I thought it was <laughs> nice, really fun. Nice, nice, nice. However... What? I, don't like I that. think I'm an idiot. And, uh, well, we had to stop at a certain point because we screwed up halfway down the line. And by Aww. we, I mean, I said, we can't do this. Let's stop. And my wife's like, I want to keep going. I'm like, you quit? Yeah, I quit. She did not. You quit? We did screwed up. We screwed did up. 
Did she at least finish? Did Chrissy finish? She wanted to finish, but I'm like, don't worry about it. We'll get another, we'll get another one. We'll do another one because I liked the way it, it worked. Like, the game yeah. was fun, and I want to do yeah. another one. Nice. But there's like, like six of them, and I think there's three more coming out in another month or two. Like, this is a medium summer. difficulty. Yeah, I gave right. it a three. I, I mean, I gave I said that one simply because that's one that my wife and I did, so it'd be easier for us to talk about. Plus, still, it's I'm the an idiot. thing, man. It's the yeah, freaking yeah. thing, you know. I'm yeah. still an idiot. Uh, Oh, the first one is like so obvious. It's like uh, you put it on the picture. The second one, so this one ramps up after that. We ended up using every clue in each one of them. We what would happen? What would happen? We'd get about eighty percent through each each thing, and we just couldn't connect the final dots. Right? Yeah, yeah. We get about eighty percent through it, and then I'm like, "What am I missing?" And so, like, screw it. Let's look at the cards. And every time, like, come on, like the first ancestors thing. I'm like. I'm just the dumbest person. Every time, Aww. every time we, we get the answer revealed, I'm I'm the dumbest person in life. But it was really fun, and like all the little things, like it was pretty obvious what was happening with certain ones. And then like, there's the little things. The thing that really blew my mind was the fact that they used the box. And when they used the box, I was like, I would never oh, would have thought of that. That's a spoiler. Yeah, I know. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, it, that blew my mind. And then like, I felt brilliant when I thought of it. Like when it happened, because like we were stuck on the same clue, and I'm like, oh wait, where is this thing? And I'm like, yeah, and yeah. we had to go. Like, we had it in a completely different room, so we had to go get it. So it's kind of cool. So it really, it's a very fun game. Hmm. However, I think I'm too stupid to do it. Uh, Justin, <laughs> so I, mean, to, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, uh, I want to get another one. Okay. There's some easier ones. There's some easier ones. Maybe start with an easier one. I mean, part of the I think it is it's like if you if you play some easier ones and you might build up kind of yeah. I think that's part of the it. Was, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't get like the out of the box concept. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. Now that I kind of get what they're doing, now I have a better feeling that if I were to play another medium, I think I'd get it better. Okay. But I'd like to get one where I know I can get through pretty decently because it was fun. It was fun for me and my wife to do it. It was a really fun little thing. But I think a lot of the problem was there's a learning curve to understanding the scope of the game. Sure. And but it was super fun. So. All right. All right, man. You ready for your quiz? Sure. Ready? Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, so your research group, research group, and hopefully you're not looking at the box right now. Okay. This is gentlemen's agreement here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your research group's designation? You actually had a designation, a name. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah. I read that page of the booklet right once, there. just one time. Yeah, sure. I have no idea. Uh, you were uh, you were research group IMBQ twelve. Oh, okay. IMBQ12. That's the front of the booklet. Okay, so that's that yeah. is a no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So now we've already mentioned that there is uh, it has a thing it has relationships to the things yeah, theme, yeah, yeah. but there is another very clear reference to a to a popular movie franchise that's in this game. Uh, what franchise is that? And this one this one's this one's fairly direct. I'm trying to think here. Let's see. There was all the ancestors. That's true. That's um true. what was it? it was nothing really popped out at me right away. Oh it was clear. You might you might have quit before you got to this point. Possibly. So the answer. So, so angry at being stupid that I wasn't paying you're attention not. to the extra parts you're, of it. You're not. 
gonna believe what the answer is. Uh, the answer is alien. Uh, there is some. There, yeah, there was like little al- the aliens looked like an alien. Exactly. So I that was the answer. You could just say, no. you could, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, what animal made an appearance in this game? Was it a cat? Oh, that's incorrect. They're polar bears. Oh, yeah, God, yeah they're on the. Yeah. We're right there. These are not right, hard this questions. This is exactly how I felt like when I was playing the game. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what I felt like. I feel terrible for asking asking this one because this is re- just making me relive the whole situation. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You mentioned the ancestors. Can you name one of your ancestors? One was like R E G. That's true. That's true. What was the Om- last name? Was it Amundsen? That is correct. That yes! is correct. That's the oh, point. Yeah. Put some points on the board. That's a point. That's 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 a point. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and get rid of the fifth one because you said you didn't finish, because uh, you would need to finish to be able to answer that. Because I want to know your score. <laughs> the uh, score one was, out of four. One out of four. Score was DNF. That was my score. <laughs> that's fair. All right, Jeff. So, uh, what was your challenge? All right. So you asked me uh, to play the video game Slay the Spire, which is an early access video game that's currently up on Steam right now. It's made by Megacrit. Uh, it's the name of the company, uh, and it's kind of a mix of deck building and roguelike elements. So if you know what roguelike is, you know, kind of like like FTL or something like that, uh, and deck building, uh, the idea, like over the course of the game, like you have a deck of cards, it has your abilities, and you're slowly kind of adding new abilities to your deck, and you're hopefully whittling some of the old cards out, upgrading cards, etc., And so in the game, you play one of a couple different classes. Um, so there's... Uh, I think it's called the Ironclad is one, and like this, uh, the Silent or something is the other. Uh, and then like there's another one that they I don't think it's in the game yet though. It looks like it's not unlockable yet. Uh, yeah, it's only not unlocked two. So you're you're going up a spire, uh, and you have a map, and there's all sorts of different branches on this map, and you can go left, right, etc. And sometimes you come across monsters. Sometimes you come across like bosses or epic monsters. Sometimes you come across treasure chests. Sometimes you come across merchants or bonfires where you can rest or improve your, or improve your cards. Uh, and sometimes you come across these little question mark areas, which uh, often have a little story element where it's just like, here's this glowing idol on top of this pedestal. Do you take it or leave it? And if you take it, then a bowling, like a giant bowling ball comes out of this, you know, uh, the wall somewhere and you have to like escape it. So you have like th- those little things here and there. Um, so that's basically the game. Um, when you play, it's it's. I mean, Hearthstone has the same kind of idea of like you're playing cards, but that's more of a dueling thing. This is a PVE game where you're you're playing against the actual environment itself. Even though there's different uh, modes for like competitive scoring, because uh, there's like a daily challenge that you can do uh, and kind of compare your score on your run to everyone else's uh, that might have played it. Uh, but it's a it is a PVE game, and the way it, you actually look at it kind of reminds me of like old school Final fantasy rpgs or dragon warrior or something like that where on the left hand side there's you and on the right hand side there's who you're fighting and then you play cards and then it kind of visually you go and attack them and different kind of graphics take place yeah it's very retro and unique that's why i like the yeah pretty cool yeah the artwork's really cool and some of the some of the monsters that you that you encounter are like really dumb like one of the bosses i fought was this giant slime with a top hat on and it was amazing. And it wasn't like a the giant top hat. Slime. It wasn't a giant top hat. It was a it was a regular sized top hat on top of a giant slime. Uh, there's also a massive whale that uh, that talks to you when you start a run, which is always nice and usually gives you some sort of boost or relic or something. Like that. Um, but overall, I thought the game was fantastic. Uh, I've been playing it quite a bit. Uh, it's really 
it's easy to play. Like it's really not difficult to get into. It's really fun to kind of upgrade your cards and tweak your cards, play different roles, uh, figure out whether you're going to go more defense or offense and all that kind of stuff. So I've, uh, I've absolutely enjoyed it. I actually think you should, you should try this as a, as a long time magic player. I think this is the type of game you could get into. I definitely like this better than Hearthstone. I don't really like the dueling type games like Hearthstone and magic, but I do like card games and I am a, I'm a fan of deck builders. Uh, so this game was really nice in the PVE setting. I wish there was a little bit more story to it. That would be my only kind of complaint, but it's still an early access and there could be more to it. Uh, but definitely, uh, I definitely positive review. And for an early access game, it was very smooth. I didn't run into any kind of errors or anything like that. So, so that's good. All right. So, I mean, I, I've, I've looked into it too. My thing is main reason why I like playing card games is I like ruining the person's time from across from me. You know, I like making his Absolutely. life worse. Yeah. If I know it's a computer, it's not as satisfying. That's the only problem. That's but, fair. Uh, I do think it's neat. Like they do a lot of those, a lot of the cards you don't recognize are as important as they should be later once you start recognizing combos and how to tee off and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool from what I saw. But like, I think just for me personally, I just would want to do more PvP. But I got some sure. quiz questions for you. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's do All it. Right. I want to know: Can you name three types of mobs that you can encounter? In Act One, just three types act of mobs. One, I should mention, yeah, there are like three different acts, and that correspond to sort of the size of the actual. So an act, the actual one. spile. Uh, I three sure I ran. Mobs. I want to say there was a cultist, maybe. That's one. That's that's one. There's there's um, there's about twelve of them. I think there's a slime. Um, there's a different variations of slime. You gotta get. Um, you gotta be specific on it. You gotta, the types of uh, that any type of slime you can find. Can think of. I have to actually name. There's like thirty of them. <laughs> so many different oh, zones. Man, um, I mean, I think one of them was spiky. So maybe a s spike slime. Maybe. Oh, there you go. That's a good number two. Because I, I remember because when I would attack that one, it would like attack me back and it pissed uh -huh. me off. Okay. And then there was those little those little jerks, the thieves. They stole your money. I mean, oh, there. That's three. I think you say thief. That's pretty good. So that's yeah. one point for you, my friend. Go, 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 go. Second point. Do you remember the name of the whale? Oh my god! From the very beginning, mm -hmm. oh, it's like a god or something. Oh man, I know. Oh my god, I should, but I never really pay attention. I just totally like quickly click and go. Past. And also, it's a horrifying looking whale. It's it is. It's an awesome looking whale. I don't even know if it's really a whale, but I like to think it's a whale. It's so. a whale. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer. No, his name is Neow. Okay. Sure. N E O W. Neo. Okay. That's fair. That's All fair. right. <clears throat> um, you already did this, but we'll just double up on it. What are the names of the available characters? There's an Ironclad and Silent. I love so Silent, too. It sounds like You a lot get of fun. two on that one. That was, that was part of the, the question. Okay. So that's two points. Okay. Finally, All right. this might be a little rough. There are two types of Louse. Okay. So this is in Act One. There's Laos, right? What color are they, and what uh, do they do when you uh, uh, when they attack you or you attack them? Okay, so Laos. If it's what I, I'm gonna totally guess on colors because I don't know the answer to that. Um, I know what they do. They're the curl up ones. So like. If you if they take a certain amount of damage, like they will curl up and then they'll get defense, and it's sort of a pain in the ass. So I remember those uh, colors. What are they? What freaking colors are they? 
Oh my god. Uh, green? Okay. I say, is that right? That, that's one, one of them. Oh god, there's two. Um, uh huh. And then the other, I'm just gonna totally, totally take a complete stab uh -huh. in the dark, uh -huh. and I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say red. Okay, that's that's a full point. Can you get the extra credit to cover up that one what? you messed up? Extra credit. So oh, the, the extra credit is great inflation, what do they do? man. What's wrong with the you? The extra credit is what do they do? That's the extra credit. So like, the you have three of your four. You can get four out of four if you can. What do you do mean? This. What do you mean? What do they do? So. <clears throat> So, what does the green louse do? That's that's unique about it being the green louse. He spits something. I don't what remember does what the it was. red louse. I can't do. remember if it was poison or something like that, or I think so it was the, a debuff. So the, uh, I can't remember if it was a poison. It was either poison or weak. I can't remember the debuff he gave me, but he gave me a debuff. It's either poison or weak. You gotta choose one. You gotta, you gotta choose one. Green louse. You gotta choose one. Uh, weak. Okay, so what does the red louse do? Well, the red guy that just gets they just get bigger, and so well, the, uh, there's, 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 they, they they increase their strength. So, you sure get four out of four, dude. That's I've been what playing you this game a lot. That's four sure out of four. I'm not sure if you've been looking at like I've been playing this game. I'll have to look at your Steam profile. So yeah, I've played play quite a bit. In the past but the green years. louse weakens you and has more health points, and the red louse buffs yeah. its own strength. That's yeah, what it yeah. does. They're really not that bad. It's just the only like when you, you fight them really early when you're not very strong, and so when you, you finish the game all, have you killed the final boss yet? Yeah, I did it this morning. Like it's only three three things. And I hear it's so, tough. I hear the game's just it's, tough. It's very tough. I I've gotten it through on silent, on the silent, but I didn't get it through on the ironclad. The ironclad, I got like all the way to like the like the third to last room on the third floor, uh, but then I died. And then silent, I got my butt kicked initially, but uh, I really enjoy playing her. She's fascinating, like because you can do all sorts of heavy defense and then just put poisons on them. At one point, I was in a fight. I had like a hundred and fifty tick poison. It was insane. I just kept like doubling the amount of poisons that I had on. It was it was amazing. So I highly oh, recommend a... this. I highly recommend this to people who like deck builders. And maybe if you if you're a if you're a Hearthstone fan and and you don't really want to do the dueling stuff, like this is definitely a game uh, worth looking into. And there's there's more to come too. So I'm really curious what that that third uh, that third class is going to be. What's well, a good way to start our uh, thing? You already just crushing me in the regular season, so that you're right. now four and I'm one. So that sounds. And all in all fairness, I did kind of guess on like two of those. Like I totally like I did not. I guessed on mine. I just guessed them wrong. Uh, all right, man. So let's think about our challenges for next week. I am ready to go. Uh, I think I'm I, good. I had one in mind, but I have another one. I just I just found. So okay. I'm so we 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 watched a bad movie today, uh, for today. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna give you another movie that some say is bad, some say is amazing, uh, and and a lot of people just don't even remember. Uh, it's it's a game. It's a game. It's a movie from the '80s, and it's called. And hopefully, you haven't seen it yet. It's called. Krull. I've never seen Krull, but I do know that that's a, one of my favorite lines from Family Guy. Uh, have you seen Krull? Yeah, don't see Krull. Okay. Do you know where I can find Krull? Uh, I do. Uh, I have a link. I can't remember. All right, so uh, but, yeah. gonna... but I have one for you. I'll, I'll find one for you. Okay, yes, right. definitely. I have a TV show for you. I was going to do one from Hulu, but I changed my mind. I found another okay. one. And this looks extra awful. So, oh, right. uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Winona Earp. The... Oh my god, dude! I watched the pilot of this. Like, oh, I'm... now I can't I use did, it. I then. swear to God, I did. Uh, it looks I so bad. 
it's it's okay. Like it's okay. It's not my thing. It's a sci-fi show. You know, it's sci-fi channel. It's like it's one of the the like we're not gonna take it too seriously sci-fi channel shows. You know how they sometimes have their like we're yeah, gonna yeah, take yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. ultra seriously, you know, like Battlestar, you know, or like the expanse. No, this is the other kind. Uh so yeah, what's the other one from Hulu? What's the All right, so I guess the the backup would be I need you to watch the pilot for Runaways on Hulu. It's a <laughs> Marvel based teen angsty yeah. TV show that oh. really really smacks you with the teen angst. Oh, the comic book any, was fantastic. Is there any other kind of angst? Yes. <laughs> the comic uh, book was fantastic. I love the comic right. book. It I was, accept uh, your challenge. It was a uh, hit, but the TV show. Uh, we'll have to see what you think. All right. All right, Justin. I think we've been droning on a little bit too long. Uh, why don't uh, Why don't you tell them where they can find you? Uh, we didn't mention this, but uh, but Justin is a professional streamer. Professional. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. paid so it. Paid a on Twitch. Hundred eight bucks. Uh, I can be found on uh, Twitch.tv slash Jehufa. That's J E F A H O O H, and that's uh, that's my name. Uh, and if you if you like what you hear, you want to hear more of this uh, gold level comedy, come on by and uh, watch me play some video games. Uh, I think you spelled your name wrong. Uh, it's J E H, not J E F. Uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, what words? Jehovah. It's I like am, Jehovah. I am Hufa. an English professor. J E H O F. J-E-H-O-O-F-A-H. J-E-H-O-O-F-A-H. Got it. Cool. Man, We're good. that exit game has really ruined your brain. <laughs> Uh, well, I do not, I do not uh, stream, uh, but you can find us online at the lollygaggerco.com. That's two L's, two G's, co.com, uh, lollygaggerco.com. We're going to play a bunch of stuff on there, some YouTube videos in the future. We're going to make this into something that's fun. Yep, yep. That's exactly what we're going to do. All right, Justin, I think it's time we, uh, we start oh, thinking. It, is, is it that time? I think it's time that we start thinking uh, some of those people out there who may or may not have kind of helped us along the way right. and so and so i would like i would like to send a one of these out to chase bank the credit card company who every time i try to log into your system you make me change my password thank you thank you thank you uh, i'd like to help out uh, i'd like to thank the homeless guy in mcdonald's watching the larry king probiotics infomercial on, on fox business i want to thank you and i hope uh, they suit you well all right, all right. Uh, I would like to thank 100-foot-long Ethernet cables. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Not only do you make it easier for me to stream my favorite shows in my living room, but you scare the crap out of my dog because she thinks there's an anaconda in the house. It's great. <laughs> finally, Justin. So I'd like to finally, this is a little bit of a long one, but it's an important one. Uh, to the director of my eight-man football schedule, who felt it necessary to not only book us, not one, but two football games two hours away from my home and also making us play a team from four hours away from their home at seven o'clock at night. I really want to thank you and making my life that much easier.